the Go Radio Football Show, keeping you up to date as the build-up to the new season begins. Let's go! Yeah, we're building up to the new season, but there's so much on the go this close season. Andy Walker is with me, Paul Cooney. You can give Andy a call 0808 17 17 700. We're in the south side of Glasgow. There's tens of thousands of people heading here. Andy Walker, you saw some of them heading for Hamden on the way in an hour ago. Yeah, I passed Church in the Hill, I passed Battlefield Rest. They're all sitting outside, they're having a pint, they're going to walk towards Hamden and I'm sure Steve Clark is going to get what he's been asking for he's going to get all that love from a big Hamden crowd tonight we're not going to blow it now are we after that <laughs> amazing performance against Norway Halland and all at the weekend that was the one that really changed it because I thought when we got an equaliser that's us getting a point we're out of jail but to go on and get all three points uh, we surely I'm, I'm with you we surely can't blow it now what's the team going to be tonight we'll we'll find out later this evening really looking forward to it does he make much of a change who do you think should come in this evening give us a call on the way to the match the manager's been speaking about the recovery since what was that Saturday the match against Norway no, not too much uh, the players now are good they're finely tuned athletes they're probably a little bit more finely tuned than I was back in the day they understand the process of recovery. So we had a good good Sunday session, did almost nothing, but a lot of recovery for all the players. The ones that didn't play in Norway worked on the pitch after the game. So everyone has a bit of downtime yesterday, uh, a nice light training session today. And they'll be tired today. There's no doubt they'll be tired today, but come tomorrow they'll be ready to go again. Yep, that was yesterday. Today, ready to go. It's a quick turnaround, but the momentum, Andy, is so huge. I mean, if we win tonight, can you virtually book your tickets to Germany in the finals next year? I just think we're such a strong group now. We've got such a strong 11. We've got options. You saw the options that Stevie Clark had when we were struggling. He made a few changes. I think the players that come on uh, really helped turn the game our way. And, uh, you know, I think we're really strong. We're strong defensively. We've got good players with Champions League experience. And uh, because we have already beaten Spain at home and we've beaten Norway away, um, I just think we're in a terrific position. Uh, and I don't expect any slip-up tonight. I think we'll get another three points. So plenty been happening at your old club, Andy. You were a, a winning Striker at Celtic. Happy not, days. Not least in the, the double year of 88 yep. uh, at Celtic. So, Brendan Rodgers. Two weeks ago, if we'd said, Brendan yeah. Rodgers is back at Celtic, you would have said, well, what would you have thought then? But he is, and he's back in a three-year deal. I, I don't agree with the amount of Celtic supporters that call him a fraud. I think he's, uh, I think he's a first-class manager. And the thing that I always remember when Brendan Rodgers came in the last time around, Paul, I remember speaking to people behind the scenes at Celtic and to a man, every one of them said the level of professionalism at the club, at the training ground, was sky high, something they'd never seen before. So um, I think he brings that. I think he brings a style of play that um, is pleasing on the eye. I think Celtic fans have already had that in the last couple of years, maybe even more so under Ange Postecoglou. So my view would be that Brendan would be smart enough, clever enough to work with the players that he already has. I think he obviously wants to to try and make an impact in, uh, in Europe. And I think that's a very realistic and a very reasonable goal to have for Celtic to be better in Europe. That would really take them on to... To, uh, to the next stage, I think. So Dermot Desmond looked to be determined to get him. That's what it looked like, didn't yep. it? And Michael Nicholson going over there, flying out to Mallorca 10 days ago, and they've got their man. They say the 
jackpot for money, transfer money. What, Andy? 30, 35 million pounds? What do you think of that? Sounds a huge sum of money yeah, for us. Yeah, I mean, I've, I, I've seen clubs, for example, Paris Saint-Germain, mm. they've spent more than 100 million time and time again to do it in the Champions League and they don't. They yeah. consistently fail. It is so difficult for a Scottish club to make their mark in... Um, not not so much to make the mark in Europe, but so difficult to make your mark in the Champions League. And I know that there are one or two um, examples of Celtic, a, a club of Celtic's turnover doing very well. But I think it's more real, realistic to expect Celtic to possibly get into the Europa League and start winning two-legged affairs. If they're ever in the Conference League, they can win two-legged affairs. But... Um, Celtic are going to be what fourth uh, yeah, fourth pot. seeds yep. fourth pot and it's going to be really difficult to try and punch above your weight already to get into mm. third so that you can drop into the uh, Europa League so it's really tough and uh, but I think it's a very uh, worthwhile realistic reasonable ambition to have to do a lot better in Europe than in recent uh, seasons News in the last hour is that West Ham have rejected a ninety million pound bid for Declan Rice. That's the type of the sums Arsenal. that you're yeah, up against. Exactly. And yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, and they, they're all wanting to do well, not just at home, but obviously in Europe as well. And it's it's so difficult to compete with that level. Exciting times though in Scotland, isn't it? You yeah. know, Rangers now under Michael Beale. We were just saying yeah. last night to Barry and Peter Grant. Um, this time last year, it was Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. Uh, against Ange Postacoglu. What about Ange? He's gone. Um, what a record he's got. Five trophies out of six in his two years here. Um, didn't do much wrong, did he? Yeah. And he's ended up with one of the biggest clubs in England. Yeah, I think he, the Celtic supporters really bought into him. And again, I can't agree with anyone who thinks he's he's done a runner. I think it was a tremendous opportunity for him. And um, anyone who comes in and delivers five out of six trophies... And not just the trophies. I think it was the manner of uh, the style of play that he brought. I mean, my my friends and family that go to games were so excited about going to Celtic Park to see the team play because the football on offer was was tremendous. For Rangers, the news today is about Malik Tillman. Andy, when we were last on with you a couple of weeks ago, it looked as though he probably it was 50-50, I think he said, when he accepted the Young Player of the Year award. It's probably not going to happen. He's not going to come from Bayern Munich. But it looks as though Rangers are going to get a £1 million bonus in the deal. Well, I think what Rangers are doing is they're just trying to get players in early. And I think that's what they need to do because the... The, the games that define your season, Champions League qualifiers, we all know how difficult it was last time round, but Giovanni Van Bronckhurst come up with uh, some tremendous uh, performances and results to get them into the into the Champions League where the, the money can can change the outlook or outlook of the of the club. So I think it's who, whoever they get in and whatever money is swirling around at Ibrox, it's just it's so important that the um the, every signing works and works well because I think what Celtic have shown over the last number of years is that in the transfer market, buying and selling, they, 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 have, they have set the pace that Rangers have to follow. Rangers fans coming on now as well, 0808 17 17 700. And Celtic fans, how are you feeling about Brendan Rodgers who may well be unveiled, Andy, I think, on Friday. Don't know for sure, but it could well be Friday. But it was confirmed yesterday morning, heard it first here on Go Radio. It's uh, Andy Walker with Paul Cooney. And Paul is on the line, big Rangers fan. Hello, Paul. Uh, hi, Paul. Hi, Andy. Thanks for letting me on your Good show tonight. Pleasure. Uh, hi, Paul. 
Thank you. Hiya. Um, no, listen, just, a, I, just a couple of points. Um, just I'm excited to see you know, the players coming into Rangers. I just think we're, we're well over two since maybe 2018. A, a refresh. Um, yep. Different players coming in. So I'm excited with that. We bit too busy Sam Lammer with, with the goal rates, but I'll, I'll, I'll wait. I'm not, I don't know the guy, so I'll see how he settles in. I think he's a number uh, 10, isn't he, rather uh, than a number 9, I think. Andy, Sam Lammers, we talked about him last night from Atalanta. I don't think he's an out-and-out striker, is he? Uh, no, I think you're right. More of a number 10, but it's important that Rangers begin to have a number of players who can contribute, not not just as your number nine, as Morelos has done over the last number of seasons. He's gone. Uh, absolutely, you want a recognised uh, striker to be the focal point of your attack, but I think it's so important you have options, uh, Paul, and if Rangers are to be successful, if Rangers are to get close to Celtic, if Rangers are to overtake Celtic, they need a, a goal-scoring threat from the middle of the park. They've already got a right-back who gets an extraordinary amount of goals. They need you know, centre-halves to chip in. They need a variety of, of goals. And I think that's something that has been lacking uh, for Rangers over the last couple of seasons. And Paul on the line there, this time last night, Cyril Deserz was being mentioned, uh, but it looks as though he's not coming from Cremonese in Italy. Uh, the word is he's not coming to Ibrox, but reports in Greece, it's in the record this afternoon, indicating Rangers will launch a £7 million bid for the Utrecht striker Anastasios Duvikas. So that's in the record there, Paul. They're determined to get a top striker. I, well, I think, um, I've never said I think Michael Bowles came to So what's your so, point on that, Paul? My old, my old line from years ago, what's your point caller on that? What's the relevance? Yeah, I think I, I accept I totally accept uh, I accept your point, Paul, but it's obviously easier if you've got a bigger budget to uh, to get a bit more quality. Of course, Rangers got players like Aribo and Bassey for a few hundred thousand and they were successful on the pitch and there were also successful sales. You know, Rangers made uh, whatever it was, 15, 20 million on, on these players. So that is really difficult to consistently go out and spend hundreds of thousands on a player and then be able to sell them on for uh, for so much money two, three years down the line. I think, you know, Rangers did so well in Europe. These players were were uh, all of the eyes across Europe were on them because of that run to the UEFA Cup final. And that obviously helps boost your your profile and it, and it helps Rangers uh, boost their, their sale in the transfer market. But very difficult to, to keep that record going when you're not spending um, more money, Paul. Well, 100% agree with you. And I, 
and to be honest, I'm not saying that as a trigger or anything like that. I'm just saying, I, I mean, I would have, if you'd asked me that season, maybe we get to the Europa League final, I'd have said no yeah. chance, you know, but yeah. to do it, I'm getting a point across about English teams because I felt the English media in general were all about West Ham and everything else. I'm, no, I think they made the points that, well, wait a minute, there's a Scottish team with £2.5 million and getting to a Europa League final, I think, was astonishing. Yeah, um, yeah. And I just think you've got to be careful where the money goes. I mean, I remember in the 90s or the early 2000s when Rangers had effectively two teams of stars. I mean, you might recall the night friendly family game. Um, and I was talking to my mate, a Rangers mm-hmm. mate, and the two teams were worth £25 million. And that time was a lot of money. But did we win 10 in a row? We didn't. So yeah. sometimes you can overspend and bring in too many big personalities or big name eagles, and it doesn't always pan out. So I w- I'm quite okay. happy the way Rangers are going down the route of trying to find unearthed stars and, and trying to get them trying to win success that way. That's, that's all I'm saying. Sure, because obviously you have to win. Michael Beale has to win something. I said to Barry last night, the title, is that going to be the benchmark? Or do you think, Andy, can I ask you, for Michael Beale? Got to win something this year. Would it be enough to win a cup or two cups? The most important thing is the title. You need the title. You need access to the Champions League. I think that's where you can develop. It's great to win the Scottish Cup. Great to win the League Cup. And my goodness, we've seen so many trebles in recent years when previously, you know, it was so hard to come by. Um, So, yeah, I think he obviously needs to win a trophy. He obviously has to... I, I think games that matter are the games against... Um, I'm not anticipating Celtic Rangers dropping many points. Yeah. Uh, you can see the, the changes already to, to Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen. They, they don't have the... Mm. Nowhere near the finances of Celtic and Rangers. So the first um, Celtic Rangers game is at Ibrox. And that one really counts. And that's the one that Michael Beale has to win. Uh, to, to get everyone, yeah. I think, at Ibrox believing that he knows what he's doing, he knows where he's going, and he's got a team that will uh, be capable of of matching Celtic. That's going to be really difficult. Paul, Lyndon Dykes has been mentioned, uh, well, for a few days, obviously, scoring Scotland's uh, equaliser. We've mentioned him many times here. A couple of years ago, when he went from Livy, um, would Rangers come in? It was a million pounds then. Now, he's been mentioned today. The Scotsmen are talking about it. There's interest. Could he come to Rangers? Would you like to see Lyndon Dykes? No, I was on your show maybe a, yep. a few months back and that, that's something that I said no at the time. I, he's playing well under Scotland and I think Steve Clark's getting the best out of him. And, you know, for Scotland, it's fantastic. I mean, brilliant. Um, but not for me. I think, um, after I've said to you on your show before, I'd rather have Kevin Nisbet or Ron Shanklin. Shanklin. A big, yep. big fan of Nisbet. Uh, okay. Big fan of Nisbet, to be honest with you. Um, but Lyndon Dykes, nah. He's not, not for not you. Too, too late for Nisbet. He's uh, yeah. gone to Millwall. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, Lauren Shanklin's yeah, still there. Yeah, Nisbet's away, but Shankland, oh, yeah. uh, I think, is a terrific player. Really developed his game outside the box. Paul, thanks so much for calling. Oh eight, oh eight, seventeen, seventeen, seven hundred. Andy, he's not having it. Lyndon Dykes, there is he? For <laughs> he's not having it. What about Lyndon Dykes the other day though? That the, goal. I mean, that's a goal almost out of nothing. You know, it was a goal out yeah. of nothing, and not only that, he was so alert for the second goal. Just yeah. a what a minute or ninety seconds. Mm-hmm. Later, lovely layoff, even just his aggression to allow the cross to get to the back post where John McGinn was and he kept it alive. But just a lovely touch to set up Kenny McLean for that most dramatic of uh, winners. It was a beautiful moment. There's your colleague Luke Shankly Shankly there. Um, Is that Stephen O'Donnell? Uh, Stephen O'Donnell. On Sky, 26 caps for Scotland. 
the Motherwell legend, as he now is. Good what, knowledge. What a game this is going to be tonight. <laughs> okay, it's up. I know it's Stephen O'Donnell. <laughs> I know him. <laughs> That's good, Andy. Uh, 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. Let's hear from some Celtic fans. What are you thinking? Brendan Rogers is back. Quick break, and then we're back. Paul Cooney with Andy Walker on the Go Radio Football Show this time tomorrow night. Stephen McGinn will be here, the Falkirk captain. And his brother John, of course, played so well at the weekend. I mean, it, it probably wasn't, you know, he might say not none of them it was their best ever game, but my goodness, the drive that he's got is phenomenal. Yeah, just love to see John McGinn play and give it his heart and soul. And the fact that he, he was involved in the setup for the goal at the back post, setting up Lyndon Dykes for the layoff for Kenny McLean, it was it was just stunning for us to to do that over in Norway. When the group came out, Paul, I thought, we won't win in Spain, we won't win in Norway. We've already got these unlikely three points and I can't believe that we're sitting on the cusp of, what, 12 points if we win tonight? I don't think we've ever started as well in any group. And we're not taking them... Well, can't, yeah, you can't for, take anything for yeah. granted. In Georgia, I've got a, a good recent record. Yeah. But we're at home and we've yeah. got uh, really good players. We've got a good goal threat. And I think we'll win. Yep. Jack Henry, if he plays, I imagine he would play. I don't think there'll be many changes tonight up against Kvar Kalix Velia, yeah. who, of course, is the sensational young player, 22-year-old. We'll talk more about the game in a moment or two. Let's talk Celtic. A uh, big Celtic fan is on, Jamie and Airdrie. Good evening, Jamie. Good evening, Paul. Uh, obviously, it's been a bit of a win for us. Wilson, Big Ange, and we've got Brendan back before... Yep. Before we start the call, I'd like to say, see these fans are upset that Brendan's back. They were maybe more upset than me when Brendan left the club, believe me. Yeah. You know how big a Celtic fan I am. I absolutely love the club. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, I, I'm, not, I'm not 100% happy that he's back to see the end of the What are we supposed to do? Do we get behind him or do we not get behind him? And what I want to make sure this time and that, well, I want to make sure the board days back him. I think he would come back to selling part, otherwise, not unless he go and assure me that he was going to get back this transfer market. I think that's one of the biggest reasons he's back. Andy? I think you make a really good point, Jamie. I mean, I think there was a problem when he, he left uh, the last time where maybe a personality clash with one or two in the in the boardroom but I think you're dead right to highlight the fact that he's he's such a successful manager and uh, you know the trophies that he won here before the fact that he knows the, the Scottish game he certainly knows how big uh, Celtic are and how dominant they have been in recent years and he'll want that to continue not just in terms of the trophies but I think in the style of play because the, the style of play that Brendan gave to the Celtic supporters, I thought was very impressive. And arguably, Ange Postecoglou uh, had an even better style of play in the last couple of years. So I think Brendan will look at what he's got. We've no idea, of course, uh, Jamie, what what business will be done. You know, maybe maybe one or two players will be leaving the club. And then, of course, you've got uh, Brendan Rodgers possibly bringing in one or two not just to make their mark at home, but also to, to try and improve Celtic in Europe. So I, I think it's an exciting time for Celtic. I, I totally get the disappointment of losing Ange Postecoglou, but the timing of Brendan Rodgers being available, um, 
I think it's worked really well for the club and, I, and I've no doubt he'll continue the success that Celtic have had in recent years. Could it have been better? Could there be anyone better than Brendan Rodgers at this stage for Celtic given the style of play, Andy? It's not exactly the same, obviously. I, I, yeah. I, I think Brendan Rodgers could have got the, the Tottenham job. Hmm? I mean, he, he did so well in England for a time and of course he'll, he'll, he'll play his part. He'll take responsibility of you know, leading Leicester uh, to, to a yeah. bit of relegation. But all in all, with the, the, the top five, top six yeah. finishes, winning the FA Cup, for a club like Leicester, eh, competing mm. with, with the big boys and some of the football that they played, I, I think he's a top-class manager. So the fact that he was available, I think it, the, the, the timing was perfect for Celtic to go and do business. And he had no money in the last year. They lost Schmeichel. Mm. We talked about that last night. And the, yeah. you know, he was losing many of the players that he helped to bring through. Yeah. Jamie, you were going to say? You, you, know, you know me, Paul. You know a bunch I love Celtic. Celtic means the world to me. The fact of the matter is, I've I've obviously watched and and David in nineteen eighty eight when we won the double. I was quite young at the time, but I still remember it to this so day. Was I. <laughs> the, the, the fact of the matter is, Paul. See, they 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 annoyed me when Brendan left. I was called him for everything. I'm not going to lie. You. Sure. I was okay. called him for everything and all the rest. Of it but because the way he left, I barely left the club in the lights with eleven games to go. And he would to come in and finish the job. You see, the end of the day, he's doing it behind you. And I think, as a safety here, you know, I think there'll be severe talks with Dermot Desmond to make sure that money is going to be available. Yep. The was one of the biggest things I think he's going to return back to Parkin. And I think the most important thing for us is to see next season when we go to the matches, to see what Ben's going to do and how he's going to step the team for Europe. Because I think it's really David Europe for us now. Obviously, the domestic scene means the Maltese, you know. We don't want yeah. to lose anything. But uh, the European scene is where telling should be. I'm fed up. I obviously was here in 2003. I'm fed up seeing selling over the European side. So it's about time to change that. Well, he may well be listening. I said it last night, and he might be Andy, because it mm. must be part of it. He's been quite courageous. Something I hadn't thought about that Peter said last night. It's quite courageous that he's come back to Celtic, given the strength of feeling among some of the support, the Green Brigade and others. Yeah, I think it's important. I mean, the Green Brigade are perfectly entitled yeah. to their view. Uh, I don't think they represent uh, the majority of Celtic supporters. You get a wide variety of, of views with, with Celtic, with Celtic players, managers, and and everyone else uh, connected with the club. So they're absolutely entitled to to say what they feel. But um, I disagree. I don't think he's ever been a, a, a fraud. No. And I think there was a difficulty behind the scenes. I think some at Celtic were delighted uh, to see him go. But I, I think that's obviously been part of the discussion now that he has come back. And I think he's come back in the first... The, the, the biggest thing that he said is Europe. It's European football, and that, that's a great challenge for Brendan Rodgers. Celtic have got access to the Champions League. They'll be going up against the best teams, uh, inevitably some of the, the best managers and coaches on the continent, and he'll want to show that he can he can pitch a team and try and try and get some some results. Try and give this what you're. I've said it before. What you're always trying to do as a Celtic manager, a Celtic player just give the supporters uh, some special memories. And I don't think they come much better than, than European football. 
He said it was a simple decision to come back. It's got everybody talking, the Rangers fans. It's the first thing they'll say, their view about Brendan Rodgers coming in. And I think um, it couldn't have been much tougher, really, could it? He has a, an elite manager. I think so. Could have been, yeah. I think so. And then you 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 pitch him up against uh, Michael Beale, who's a rookie manager. Yeah. He's uh, I think that's him now completed one full season, albeit with uh, two clubs, because he was down at Queen's Park Rangers before. So he is building his experience. He needs to get Rangers into Europe. He needs to win trophies uh, for Rangers. He needs to deal with all of the, you know, the hassle and the pressure of trying to be top dogs in, in Glasgow. And Celtic are, are really strong. They've got, a, as we stand just now, they've got a really strong squad. I have no doubt there'll be a bit of a business in and out. But I'm, I'm fully expecting uh, Rangers to be better next season. But I don't think Celtic will underestimate that. No. I, 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 they're too smart. They've got a manager who's too clever to to underestimate the threat of your, your biggest rivals. Because there's three or four more to come in at Rangers and that's exciting so, yeah. for the Rangers fans. And it's the Michael Beale team. Yeah. Uh, you know, his first full season. On it. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. you know, they beat Celtic in the last game at yeah. Ibrox. I know the league was over, of course, sure. and that can change it. But it gives you a psychological... Gave him quite a lot of leverage, didn't it? You know, I, I, I think uh, Brendan Rodgers coming back has given Scottish football another mm. lift. You know, the, the way that uh, we are looked down upon by so many of our friends down south, especially the fact that I agree with you, I think Brendan Rodgers is an elite manager. So for him to to come back to Scotland. I've got to say, I was really surprised. I thought he'd maybe done his little run in Scottish football, but I think he's enthused about uh, doing the European thing, which you you don't get uh, down south unless you're with one of the elite clubs. You mentioned him a couple of weeks ago, and I said, I don't think so. I don't think yeah. he'd come back. Yeah. What do I know? So yeah. Brendan is back. That'll be some unveiling. Do you think he'll do this at 10, 15,000 again at Celtic Park? I don't think they'll do it that they'll way. Do, they won't do that. No. Um, and he'll be asked yep. some difficult questions. Um, what questions? Well, the, <laughs> exactly. The, the, the one about yeah. uh, leaving in the yeah. manner that he did. And I think that's a, a perfectly reasonable uh, question to ask. And I'm sure he'll have a, a, an answer lined up, not only for that, but what he wants to do with this team. Mm -hmm what he thinks of uh, Ange Postacoglu and the style of play that Celtic have had over the last couple of years and how he's going to... Um, I mean, one one of his biggest players I felt was Moussa Dembele yeah. mm -hmm. and I thought he was a really important player for Celtic, a really good one, you know, a focal point of the attack but Kyogo is not Moussa Dembele, he plays a different way and I think you need to adapt as a manager, as a coach to, to those strengths. Celtic are really strong in wide areas, not only do they create chances, they they get a variety of goals. I was speaking to Paul earlier, the Rangers fan, mm. you get a variety of goals with the Celtic squad and, and I'm sure Brendan Rodgers will want to keep that going. I want to ask you about Ange in a moment or two because you worked with him, you know, and Sky, I saw you there. Yeah. And, you know, you spoke to him a couple of times. What's uh, What you feel about Ange uh, going? What about the players that are there? Hatate has been mentioned um, obviously Kyogo could you see them following the manager to Tottenham would they fit in or yeah I could see anyone going and um, I, I think you realise what Celtic have done over the last number of years it really doesn't matter who you are if, if Celtic are making a profit on you then I think they're a club that, that tend to do business and there's, there's nothing wrong with that because the that model has been very successful and um, I think it'll be more interesting just to see what type of player Brendan Rodgers brings in mm. 
Um, if he was to lose a, a, a special player, you know, who does he who does he have lined up? He, um, uh, I think it's always fascinating to see the type of players that can be brought in be before a ball's kicked. He'll know who he wants to bring in, won't he? Because he knows the English market so well. He might not I mean, know what the, the level of interest in, in a player or two that might surprise mm. the Celtic supporters that, that, uh, that might want to go. I think a lot of players would have been disappointed with Ange Postacoglu uh, going. But it was his team, wasn't yeah, it? was his team yeah. put it together. They had so much success and you you felt there was a closeness with uh, with everyone there. What's the effect, Andy, when you were signed by a manager, as many of them were, yeah. and, and he goes? What does that do to that dynamic? Well, I, it was um, it was Billy McNeil that signed me for yeah. Celtic and we were successful in our first season. We won, as, um, yeah. as Jamie was saying, we won the league, we won the cup, we won the Scottish Cup the year after. But after that, Celtic didn't win anything for, I think it was five or maybe six years. And there was one, I played in one team for Celtic when I came back with Tommy Burns. I think we finished fourth. What? <laughs> so you can imagine the level of criticism that you get. You admitted uh, that? Then. Well, I played in a good team and I played in a not so good yeah. team. And it was just part of the part of the late 80s, part of the early 90s. And of course, I'd gone away to, to Bolton for a while. But it was a very strange club uh, to come back to. And there was there was a bit of a disconnect in the, the dressing yeah. room we had players who had won things and we also had players who had been playing for a while who hadn't won things and actually it was Tony Mowbray that identified it almost immediately and it was one of the reasons why Moga started the huddle it was him that uh, so it was Tony Mowbray who started the huddle Tony Mowbray yeah. and, and he was playing obviously we were in Germany in pre-season and there was a disconnect with the with the players, and uh, I remember speaking to Moga about it. And it was um, just after the World Cup in '94, and you know Brazil were going out hand in hand. Mm -hmm. we, we we discussed doing something that uh, that would bring everyone together. And actually, I think it brought the supporters together for a while as well because they really they really enjoyed it. And it's. It's part of Celtic's tradition now, and that was what that was what Tony wanted to happen. He wanted everyone, because obviously you move on, but everyone who was there and who was part of the huddle, keep it going, and let's see how long it can go. And I think it will always be part of the the pre-match routine. Jamie, thanks for that call. Oh eight, oh eight, seventeen, seventeen, seven hundred. Some of the headlines today. Well, it's going to be about Scotland tonight. Can we make Marvelous. it? Well, if we do win tonight, Andy, would that be almost it? We still have to beat Cyprus in the next game, which is not a given, but we would be in a very strong position. I mean, who would have believed that we would be sitting after three games with the maximum nine points? Georgia, second, tonight's opponents, four points. They've played two games. Spain, uh, three points after two games. Norway, one point after three. And Cyprus, Neil Poin at the moment. Yeah. It's, um... And we're scoring goals. Yeah. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. We've scored two away in Norway you know, out with Spain, your most difficult away fixture. And the fact that Norway, with the, the superstars that they have, we've beaten them in their own backyard. So we'll be confident when they come to Hamden. But it's always going to be difficult playing Spain uh, away. But given the results that we've had and the level of performance that we've had from, from that group of players... Uh, I mean, my boys are already talking about it, Paul, trying to get to Germany next year to, yeah. to watch Scotland in a major tournament. It's something that they've never done. Wow. 
What about tonight? What's the manager going to do? Does he change it at all? Maybe not many changes. And how does he keep people like Kenny McLean out, for example, scoring the winner? Uh, Billy Gilmer, who came on. Um, what do you think is going to happen tonight? Many I, changes? I don't think there'll be many changes. I think you've always... I, I think players like Lyndon Dykes, who got that goal, I, I think he's desperate to, to get another goal. He's been so impressive yeah. uh, for Scotland and he's so well supported by... Uh, the likes of uh, John McGinn, Scott McTominay's been a yeah. good goal-scoring threat. When you saw the team at the weekend against Norway, I mean, there were there were five subs that uh, come on. Uh, Liam Cooper, Dominic Hyam really late. Stuart Armstrong, I thought, did well. Kenny McLean, obviously, with the goal. Billy Gilmer, who come on for Callum McGregor. Yeah. All of these players are capable of playing, and it's really difficult to get into the, the starting eleven. So I don't anticipate... Many changes at all, maybe one. Mm -hmm. Billy Gilmer is an enigma, isn't he? He's so talented. Yeah. At Chelsea, the manager moved just at the time he, yeah, he went yeah. to Brighton, and we, you know we we know uh, the story. Then he was at Norwich. How do you think he's going to fit in next season? What do you think with Billy Gilmer? Are we finally going to see him playing every week? Yeah, I think. I mean, I just go back to the game at Wembley where I thought Billy Gilmer was probably the best Scotland player when we had that impressive nil-nil against England at Wembley man of the match Billy Gilmer was absolutely terrific so that's the level of performance that he can come up with he's finding it difficult to get a, a starting uh, spot for Scotland but if he were to play I don't think he would let anyone down because he's got the quality he's got the ability and I think you can tell that you know when players come on I think the players that are already on the part realise we've got a strong squad here and the players that come on can can really help uh, change the game or get us back into it or cement our place as, as winners. Well, the whole town is buzzing because of the match tonight, Scotland against Georgia. 50,000, Andy, and we'll talk about it in the next section. Hear a bit more from Steve Clark and maybe take some more calls as well. It's the day when it's confirmed that Malik Tillman pretty much not coming to Rangers. The good news for Rangers is, though, there's a £1 million bonus because it was part of the loan deal. If he'd chosen to come, then the fee was fixed. Um, and for Celtic, all the talk about who is going to come in under Brendan Rodgers. What are you thinking? As we hear that the Motherwell striker Van Veen, he is in Holland today, Andy. Groningen looks as though he's going there and they're getting a really yeah. good striker for not an awful lot of money. Yeah, and, uh, you know, all eyes on Motherwell and what do you do? Because you bring in Van Veen, he's such a big success. How do you replace his goals? I mean, he, he got Motherwell out of a hole last year. I know that... The change of manager obviously helped, and um, I think you need you need good players. You need someone to make a difference, and the amount of times he made a difference, Motherwell are really, really going to miss him. The Go Radio Football Show, keeping you up to date as the build-up to the new season begins. Let's go. Go Radio Football Show this time tomorrow night. Stephen McGinn will be here. His brother John will be playing tonight, and Andy Walker will we be celebrating tomorrow night. Four out of four. Yeah, I think so. I think we're we're on a high and I think we've got good goal-scoring threat. You saw Lyndon Dykes, Ryan Christie if he plays. Uh, John McGinn is always a good threat. Uh, I thought Andy Robertson had a really good game. So strong and down that left-hand side. McTominay has already contributed so much into the group. And I think when we get our set pieces, the likes of Henry, Ryan Porteous, uh, we've got really good options we're getting goals and uh, I expect us to win tonight by a couple of goals. I'm not sure there'll be plenty of opportunities and maybe George will come here with a slightly different game plan. Uh, you don't know. Uh, 
I felt the game against Cyprus was quite an open game, end to end, uh, really open, which was why there was chances at both ends. Maybe slightly different game here, but we'll prepare for both. We'll be ready for both types of games, and, and hopefully we get the right result. Be difficult, uh, I said right at the start. We had the toughest group. Georgia, for sure, are the toughest pot four team. Uh, one defeat, one defeat in 15 matches. They're on a good run. They, they'll feel good about themselves. Good one away to Cyprus. Difficult place to go. Some good players, organised, good shape to their team. So, tough game. One defeat in 15, Andy. That's unusual. Really strong start for a pot four team. Yeah. And I'd, the fact that we don't know, I mean, the average Scottish yeah. fan won't know many of the the, the starting 11, but the fact that they're second in the group, albeit after only a couple of games, yeah. and, and Spain have, Spain and Norway really have, have still to, to get going, but we can really take advantage and put a lot of pressure on everyone else tonight by, by winning at home. And it will be, I think the crowd, the home crowd will expect it. They'll be right behind the team. And uh, I think they can put a yard on the stride of the Scotland players and we can win. Did you think that Man City, it was amazing winning a treble, especially winning the Champions League, the mm. big one. Do you think they over-celebrated? And I'm thinking of Grealish, who was, um, he was dropped last night, wasn't he, for England? And Haaland, who... I thought it after the third day when they were at it. <laughs> yeah. I thought this is this is good for Scotland. Haaland's yeah. still out on the on the Randan. But um yeah, they might have done. And I think now I mean we, we listened to Stevie Clark just a, a bit earlier talking about the level of professionalism. It's maybe different today than it was in his day. Well, I think you are entitled to celebrate if you win a, a treble like that, but you you saw Jack Grealish in the state he was in. I'm I'm not surprised he didn't he didn't play for England. Let's hear a bit more from the manager about this uh, journey. Scotland, the way it's changed in the last three or four years, the relationship with the fans, the team bonding that they've got. But I'm the guy in the charge, so they're not going to get too excited, are they? <laughs> no, it's, listen, it's good, the players, everybody likes to be loved. So when, when you come into the, the environment at Hamden and, and the players feel the, the reception of the crowd before the game and the warm-up, the national anthem, and then we, hopefully when the game starts, we can start on the front foot and get the crowd behind us. It's nice to be loved. They feel good. They, they they want to do well for the crowd. So let's keep let's try and, try and keep that momentum and, and keep going. It's been a long season. I mean, we're close season, or are we, Andy? We're still playing, but a special bunch of uh, teammates he's got there. No, I think if you, if you, listen, if you're doing well professionally, you feel good about yourself. So the players feel good. They're looking forward to a, another full house here at Hamden tomorrow. They're looking forward to putting on another good performance. And hopefully we get the we get the right result and that feel good factor continues. Phenomenal, isn't it? Some of them have played what sixty games, Andy. How do you yeah. manage to do that? I mean, I heard what the manager said. If you're winning, I think there is a different level of professionalism now. The game has changed. Um, I mean, the amount of things that you see from there's not as much tackling in the game now. You see all about the you know the the difficulties we have with uh, you know former players with brain injuries and there's not as much heading uh, in the game, and I think there is uh, as Steve Clark was alluding to earlier that there is a different level of performance, different level of professionalism from players who who almost think they'll get a, maybe a week or two of a break. Look at Callum McGregor, the amount of games that he has played over the last number of years. You know, 55, 60, and and that's what you want to do if you if you want to really be successful. And um, I, I think there is a, a different level of 
sports science has, has come into it a lot and players look after themselves a lot better than than uh, what they did in my day. I mean, I, I can remember going, it was maybe about six weeks mm-hmm. before, you know, the, the last game that you played and then returning for pre-season, you got about six weeks and that's a... That's a long break. And now it's, what, three weeks, if they're lucky. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. Even, if even that. Sure. And yeah. some just tend to have a, a break when they can and uh, a few days here and there. But the amount of games now, and I think it is an issue that UEFA and FIFA are looking at. The last thing you want <laughs> is to yeah. burn players out. But they, they don't care, do they? I'm laughing because... Well, I'm, keep, I'm hoping that they do care they keep, because you want you want top quality and you won't get that if you're flogging the best players. Well, but they want the World Cup every yeah, two years yeah. and the you know the Nations League game, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and this yeah. guy said to me yesterday, what is this latest one that yeah. Spain won two, two days ago? Yeah. There's so many competitions. I don't think they care. They will say the, pay, the players are paid so much and you made a great point there. It's not a contact sport the way it used to be. There's not mm. the same heading. I want to ask you about that in a minute or two. Lots of messages here on the socials at Go Football Show. Gary has been on from the Gorbals, but he's uh, he's at the Keys. He's in Florida, not oh, Mount right. Florida. Yep. Hi, Florida Gary. Keys. Tuned in from Florida. Um, he's been trying to get through, but the transfer charge call was rejected. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. You can't get through for some reason. Um, great to have you back on here. Thank you. Really excited about the Scotland game tonight. Intrigued to see what Brendan Rodgers does second time around. Wouldn't have been my first choice, says Gary, but personal feelings aside, I'm fed up getting attached to players and managers only to see them use us as a stepping stone. All I want is for Brendan Rodgers to come in, keep the success going and be dominant again. So there's something in there that resonates with everybody. What would you do, Gary? And I'm not, what would you do if somebody said, whatever you were on at Celtic, two million or whatever, and somebody's going to pay you six or you're on three and you're going to get nine or ten? I don't know. Most, um, most, most people would go with the money. You've got to remember, football's a relatively short uh, yeah. business. If you're, if you're a full-time professional, I was a full-time professional for sixteen years. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Started at nineteen. Just want my ambition then was to hopefully get full-time football. And what was your first wage? If you don't Sixty mind. quid a week right. at okay. uh, Motherwell. I thought yeah. I was really rich. Wow. Uh, I was yeah. still living at home, mm-hmm. and I got a six-month contract at Motherwell. And um, I thought this is this is great. I've got a chance to chance to be a, a full time footballer, and I felt as though I was lucky, Paul, because I felt as though I was at a good school. I had a really good teacher in uh, Tommy McLean. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I, I've got to say, he found it hard to give you any sort of praise. Yeah, but he was right every time, and he changed. I, I don't think I would have had a career without him, and I felt as though I was in a good class with the likes of exceptional young players like Gary McAllister, Tom Boyd, Chris McCart was a really good player, Fraser Wishart was a good player, we had had great professionals like John Gagan, uh, Graham Forbes, Ian McLeod, who's sadly no longer with us, so guys like that, you you were getting a great grounding, exactly. Uh, thanks, Gary, for that. We'll no doubt speak to you in a few weeks' time. You mentioned there about heading the ball, and I know that Sir Alex Ferguson has been speaking today. He wants more done yeah. uh, to tackle the terrible thing, dementia, that we've all, everyone's families have been affected by it. And we know uh, Gordon McQueen, who passed yeah. away last week. And uh, It's a wee bit frightening, Paul, because yeah. Gordon was 70. I met Gordon a yep. good number of times mm. when he was at Sky and yeah. when he was up here working West TV. Get, I worked with him for a short he was time. A, he he was a coach at yeah. Airdrie, St Myrna, I think. And um, he's dead now at 70. Yeah. Now, he's had dementia for 
at least a couple of years. Yeah. And my own family experience of having a mother and a mother-in-law who suffered from dementia, even before you're diagnosed, there's, you know that there's a problem. And I'm 58, eh, Paul, so you look at someone who's passed away at 70 after yeah. a number of years of, of struggling. So I think that it's clear to me that there is some sort of link between heading uh, the ball and we've got some of the, I think, some of the finest medical minds looking at this, looking at a study and they're trying to have it recognised as an industrial injury and I, I would back that, I would support that. And um, it's it's uh, it really hits you when a top medical professional says you're you're three and a half times more likely to get dementia than the ordinary man in the street. And I totally accept, Paul. Maybe I'm maybe I'm more likely to avoid um, maybe some heart diseases. Yeah, maybe some because of the level of fitness. Yeah, yeah, just your your lifestyle and playing football and and you know I I liked to be. Fit. I enjoyed training every day and even since retiring I still like to try and, and keep in shape a wee bit but um, I think there is a I think when you see Dennis Law uh, sure. Gordon McQueen Too many. Uh, Jim yeah. McLean uh, Billy McNeil yeah. my goodness I can remember going up to uh, to take Billy out for a cup of tea um, and Liz was happy just to get a bit of Respite. an hour yeah. just an hour or so and I would go out with with Joe Miller, with Frank McAvenny, we'd take Billy for a for a cup of tea and and um Yeah, these yeah. are these are really sure. difficult times and it's very you just want a bit of dignity and a bit of respect. And I think the families of these footballers are put under I think enormous stress and yeah. strain and uh, if this is recognised as an industrial injury, I think yeah. I think it would give them the, the level of respect that they deserve. And having Sir Alex behind you. Uh, he uh, carries a lot great, of weight. Isn't he? um, he's a and, great you know, people, clydesider, isn't he? Great yeah, and people govern. would listen yep, to him sure. because he knows what Let's he's talking about. Do. I hope so. Yeah, some of these people involved. Um, and Graham Soonis, we talked about it last night. Well done, Graham. 1.2 million he's raised uh, so far for Deborah yes. and for young Isla. You know, for I the, saw the that cause. story oh, and like everyone else, just so um, amazed at her strength, first yep. and foremost, but... Equally, what Graham Soonis has done, the effort that he's put in and the determination to raise awareness of it, uh, all credit to him. And can I just mention my youngest boy, Joe, who he did the three peaks at the weekend along Brilliant. with Ross, his friend, uh, and Claire. So they did the three peaks. Marvelous. So it started in North Wales, then the Lake District, wow. and then uh, Ben Nevis. Fantastic. And so far they've raised £1,340. That'll go up when Tremendous. I this what are they raising that for? Yeah, it's for the Ryan Connell Foundation, young Very man good. who died far too young in the South Side. Very good. So well done, Joe great Ross. Effort. And Claire, brilliant. So many people do they so do many so great much, things, yeah, don't and they? And I know you do all yep. that kilt walk That's, stuff, which is love uh, amazing. Love the amount of people that raise so much money for such deserving causes it's great wonderful Jim Layton was there at the ah, Aberdeen you were saying, and of course, I told you that he's so <laughs> he's so modest saying, right yeah. so Scotland is one of our great goalkeepers probably yeah. our uh, most yeah, decorated yeah. one sorry Ruffy uh, <laughs> Andy tonight then we're really looking forward to the game it's, it's on via play isn't it it's on via play this evening think, yeah. yeah so what do you reckon I know you think it's going to be the Scotland win we, what do we need to look out for I think you want to look out for Andy Robertson bombing up and down that left-hand <laughs> side, getting yeah. some service into the likes of McGinn and Dykes and uh, who knows, maybe Aaron Hickey might be on the other side. But uh, I think when you're backed up by the likes of McGregor and McTominay, 
Uh, I have no doubt we will uh, we will win tonight. I think the players will want to give the Scotland crowd um, just a, we're, we're all expecting to see Scotland win tonight. Sometimes they let us down. I don't think they'll do that tonight. I think we can win and win by a couple of goals and have twelve points after four games. We are we are really marching through this group. It's great to see. This could be some year coming up. Isn't yeah. it? You know, in the Premiership, and you all just the think what this could mean. Yeah. Scotland taking part in a in a major European Championships in Germany, where you know the the travel is easy for so so many of the Scotland fans, and I think I think Scotland fans being at a major tournament will 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 make it a better tournament because uh, yeah. they they travel so well. There, there's there's great humour. And there's there's never any trouble. Pity we didn't have it tonight, but danke schön, <laughs> Andy Walker. Andy, thanks so much. We'll see Pleasure. you next week before you get a holiday coming up this time tomorrow night. Stephen McGinn, hopefully with a Scotland win. Thanks everyone who was on tonight. I think Zoe will be on after the news and we're back tomorrow at five. The Go Radio Football Show, bringing you the latest transfer news as the countdown to the new season gets underway. Let's go!